0: Hey, Michaela. Hey. So you've got three boys, right? Yep. And a husband. hmm And your mum lives at home with you? Yes.
1: So
0: there's a fair bit going on in your house, right?
1: Two dogs, three cats.
0: <laughs> What's your go-to strategy for achieving peace and, and, you know, like getting a bit zenned out? How do you uh- do that?
1: Uh, well, I either keep them all out of the house and make them stay at my mother-in-law's, which has <laughs> happened. Duncan and him took the that's kids. That's one I way said, to do it. I need a, a nine. Get out! Uh, but I now have a lock on my bedroom door. Uh, mm-hmm. so I go in there with my headphones and I binge watch TV or listen to music. Hmm. And I become a happy calm mother. I can't <laughs> hear any of the disaster that's going on outside. What's,
0: what's the most relaxing TV show for you? Or, or what helps you achieve that state the most?
1: Oh, I like any political drama.
0: Wow, so you watch drama to achieve peace. Yeah, That's a bit...
1: I have tried meditating, and I find it really irritating. <laughs> but I know it's good for you, and I've got to do it, but it's I There's not just, enough going on. <laughs> it's just, oh, I'm used to busy. Welcome to the
0: Tradings Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership, so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Don't bother meditating. It's too quiet. Yeah, (laughs) There's not enough going on for you to
1: relax. (laughs) Uh, Because they say, you know, get up early. And there's so many times that I've... You know, sat on my bed, or because I can't do anywhere in the house because they find me. And so, you know, I put a lock on the door, and I had my headphones on, and I could still hear them banging on the door at like 6:30 in the morning. I'm like, oh man, this isn't, wow. this is not working. Madhouse. It is, but you know, I'll probably have to get up earlier again or something. I don't know. 4:30. I think I'm gonna get a sign on the door, even though that didn't work on the weekend. I very rarely mop when the kids are home, and uh, I mopped the bathroom and I put mm. a sign on it, a pen and put, "Do not <laughs> do open." You know, like if you want your life, don't open. Yeah. yeah. Husband did. Even see it walks in straight through, yeah. Mm-hmm. Muddy oh, boots, it not even work.
0: Dear oh dear. So, uh, I I've got another question for you, Michaela. Oh,
1: gee, double banger today.
0: So, a little while ago, uh, we did a couple of episodes actually about because you, you mentioned your pets, <laughs> About your dog. We well, haven't heard about the dog for a while. Well, the
1: dog is still alive. I oh, see, so he's still got the dog. Yeah, the dog is now entrenched in our house because we had to spend $500 to get it to sex after... I didn't realise. I've never had a girl dog before. And I didn't realise that girl dogs um, get periods. Right. And uh, so after it... Um, Spotted my house for about a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like that's it. We're either getting rid of it or getting it to sex, and it's never going anywhere. It's staying. Good minutes. thing we
0: don't do that with our human. Uh, yeah,
1: relatives. I know. So it's been to sex now, um, and we're still getting training. It still doesn't like the lead. We had to carry it in and out of the vet because um, it kept hiding under the car. So we had to crawl under the car in the car park. Oh to get dear. It down. Uh, but another interesting turn in the lives of the Clark pets is that uh, I had a. My husband pulled out the big guns about two years ago and got me a kitten. Mm-hmm. And the rule, I had three cats, one passed away, which was my favourite. And he said, I will divorce you if you bring home any more cats. <laughs> you're limited to two, and then when one goes, that's, that's it. it. Like, you're not replenishing them. Yeah, Because right. I've always had a few cats, you know, that mad cat lady. Uh-huh. And uh, so one year, he basically ran out of time to get me a... um. Christmas present because he hates shopping. So he, on Gumtree, organized to get me a free kitten.
0: Oh, he, he went against his own he did. rules.
1: He did. He pulled out the biggest guns he possible. really like Well, it you. was free, see? And he didn't have to go to a shop. <laughs> Can't get so, better than free. Yeah, so it was the most surprise I've ever got for a Christmas present it was this beautiful little grey and white kitten. And we called it Troppy uh, after Chopper. Right. Uh, we have it. You we, guys have weird names, your yeah. pets. And uh, it it was a strange cat. Um, and it uh, nearly died at six weeks because it got a snake in its mouth, but it still survived somehow, we don't know. They get, you used to get really attached to one of our other dogs, right, and that's all that we'd do was play with the dog. He ignored us. Anyway, Choppy disappeared. Right. And we thought, oh, well... Because we live in a bit of a bush. So okay. something's got it, or yeah, yeah. the kids have locked in the cupboard and it's suffocated or something. <laughs> so every time we'd move furniture, we were worried we were going to see a cat skeleton or something. And uh-huh. my husband would often joke, Oh, look, what I found Choppy, and I'd panic. <laughs> so I was quite devastated because this was the kitten that, you know, yeah, my husband yeah, had got yeah, me. Like a special gift. Yeah. Yes. And we were going through a tough time. So to me, it was like, you know, the rebirth of stuff. Anyway, uh-huh. I looked in, the, yeah. It's kitten gone. So haven't had it for a year. Right. And so my stepdaughter, so I'm, Duncan's gone, no more, that's it, like. That's it. Yeah. That know. was the last cat. Yeah. Stepdaughter buys me a kitten last Christmas. Oh. To replace the kitten that he bought that replaced <laughs> the cat that we weren't allowed to have anymore. Uh-huh. There, there is a point to this story. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so the, uh, uh so k- jingles, because we got it at Christmas. Right. Yeah. And she's very affectionate, goes everywhere with me. She's Mm -hmm. like my baby. So I'm sitting there the other night, and there I see, resurrected from the dead, Choppy, who is now, too, chasing jingles across the backyard. (laughs) It's reappeared after a year of missing, chasing jingles who was on heat. So its brother is kind of trying to do its sister. And, yeah. So, then we had to get that cat to sex as well, because I didn't think it would be ready for that yet. It's still my little kitten, I thought, but I no! it uh
0: I don't know about you and pets, hey,
1: so one week was five hundred dollars for the the dog, the next week was four hundred dollars for the kitten uh so Have you ever
0: thought about getting like plants? Because I kill them, wait, at least I keep most animals alive. <laughs> Except they run away.
1: Yeah, so the cat that we got rid of and got one to replace it has come back and um, had romance with its, you know, replacement right. after a year. And now overnight we hear this cat outside. It won't come back to us. Just gone now. It's had its fun and it's, it's somewhere in the street.
0: Someone else. It's, it's being fed by some it, other well-meaning neighbour.
1: Yeah, and then a bit of a night you hear it crying for the little kitten. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we we'll fix that problem.
0: <laughs> oh dear, the anyway, saga that, continues that, yeah, of the so, Clark pets.
1: Yeah, but anyway, we wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Uh-huh. So, um, is there? Can we like draw any conclusions from any of that that has any relevance to being a tradie in business?
1: Um, <laughs> Don't marry me, because all of pet bills. <laughs> stay away from All the animals. money you make as a tradie goes on uh, yeah, vet yeah, bills.
0: Yeah. If if you're a bloke, stay single. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> I suppose we could do a bit of a segue into what we're talking about today. What are we not talking to be about zen?
1: Today? I'm the example of how not to be zen in business or something. Yeah, don't don't, we, don't you know, create suffering for yourself yeah, by getting animals,
0: having lots of kids and animals.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. but we we always get rescue ones, so that that's oh, well, good. that's doing your bit. I am.
0: Yeah. So. All right. So I'm going to try and segue into today's actual episode, which is uh, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do something a bit like your pets, do do things differently. Uh, We're going to run away and disappear for a while and then come back again. But um, for those listeners that don't know, I actually co-host another podcast. Shame on me. But uh, I co-host another podcast called Throw Buddha on the Barbie with a good mate of mine, Jay Frew. And we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about principles and ideas that uh, usually people don't touch with a 40-foot pole.
1: And Jay has been on our show twice, remember? He has. He yes. has.
0: Uh, so, um, yeah, Jay and I recorded an episode recently for Throw Builder on the Barbie where we talked about employer-employee relationships, but from a different perspective than you would think, you know, a business podcast would uh, examine them, and, and we looked at... I guess why there's so much angst between employers and employees, and also how to shift that. So um, we thought it would be a good idea here at the Traders Business Show to save ourselves some effort, go to the pub early for lunch, and this um, isn't us about being lazy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just it, reuse this is a lesson something in else.
1: Repurposing content, which every small business should be doing,
0: absolutely. But um, I felt like Jay and I covered some great points, and I thought, wow, this would be so good to share with our Tradies Business Show listeners, that uh, through the wonders of modern technology and editing software, we're going to share it with you in today's episode.
1: Now, a disclaimer is... Michaela if, hasn't heard I this I haven't yet. heard of it. So this is a shit episode. <laughs>
0: Oh, and I'm going to have to uh, make sure we beat out some of the, the naughty words. Oh, you know, okay, because
1: yours is an explicit because rating. Because that other one
0: has an explicit rating. So. so,
1: yeah, if it's not good, blame Warwick. Yeah, but if it's yeah, great, yeah. blame me for teaching him how to repurpose.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh – If you've got employees, um, there's some really good principles in here that that should help you. And uh, if you're an employee yourself, if you're a tradie, you know, thinking you're starting a business, um, this will help you, you know, if you go out there and employ your own tradies for your business. But uh, have a listen and tell us what you think. Well, it's great to be in the studio with you again, Jay. I just love your jokes, mate. <laughs> Not mine. Oh, I love the way you absolve yourself of responsibility yeah. for those. They're Doctor Google's. Doctor Google, welcome to throw butter on the barbie, listeners. Great to have you back at the barbecue. We've got a, a sizzle fest today, don't we, Jay? You <laughs> <laughs> reckon my
2: jokes are bad?
0: Yeah, my grasp of the English language is probably worse, mate. But uh, we're gonna we're going to get a little bit. Well, it has the potential to be perceived as perhaps a little boring or well, no, this isn't really mainstream. Boring. You think so? Uh, Jay's definitely going to disagree with me like he usually does, <laughs> so we're not going to lose that flavour of the barbecue today. But um, it could be considered a business topic, but we're not going to look at it from a business perspective. But it is something that that definitely causes a lot of people a lot of suffering in the world because most of us have at one time or another or are currently in one of these kind of relationships or these dynamics of employer or employee, or both. Can you be both at the same time? You can't, can you?
2: Well, I think I I know a few employers that work the hours of an employee. (laughs) Get paid
0: less, though. Yeah, So (laughs) 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 Which is probably a cause of their suffering. Yeah. But it, it bears... Deconstructing uh demarinating. We're gonna pull a salad apart. I don't know. I can never think of anything really barbecue esque to uh which which is quite apart from burlesque. Yeah. But um I usually stay away from the salad. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> no good story started with salad. Yeah. Uh but employer employee relationships and what we're going to do is actually uh adhere to our original ideas for the show, which was some months ago now, of using the uh, Buddhist principles, in particular the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism, to just overlay that over the whole employer-employee angst that uh, exists out there in the marketplace. Have I painted a good picture around the barbie today, Jay? No. But anyway, we'll go on. Well, you take the brush and marinade differently. No, we were
2: just going to use, you know like we did in the first episode, is that you have the four noble truths about existence for us um, and we're going to use those to just discuss, philosophize bullshit about the employee-employer relation, what people think about that and how Mm. that can stymie both sides or work well for both sides and then have a look at the uh, eightfold path like you know, what is good thinking while you're working and your good attitude, all that sort of stuff. Because it it really is something that I have seen
0: just an incredible amount of energy poured into by employers who I tend to have worked with in my recent years um, as a mentor and a coach and advisor whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, But it, it... causes so much frustration and, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, suffering, I think, is the right word, Jay. Um, yeah,
2: but there's suffering for both
0: parties, isn't there? Absolutely. And in recent years, I've put more time into, when I work with my clients, of actually working with their team members or their staff or employees, whatever you want to call them. But um, it's it's kind of hard not to uh, almost take their side Yep. When when I talk... To them about it and collude with them and think, oh wow, this this guy really is an asshole to work for. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you're so miserable at work and you're not productive and uh, you know you're not implementing the systems that have been put in place in the business and all that stuff that that tends to be symptomatic of just that real grating relationship between the boss and the worker. Yeah, you know, it's it's as old as uh, as I don't know when did this shit start, mate was before the industrial uh, age wasn't it like no
2: i would have thought it started around the industrial age when people started getting paid but there's always work. been there's always been the wealthy and the dominant and uh...
0: cuz there's there's the whole aspect of control isn't there and conformity like employers control their employees in in well the perception is that that's how it plays out that relationship and and the, the employees that i speak
2: to uh yeah, but I've seen many situations where employees are controlling the employer. Oh, yeah, through, you know, like,
0: uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not espionage. Espionage. <laughs> <laughs> ransom. Right. Ransom. We've That's just gone 007 for. barbecue here with <laughs> <laughs> uh But, yeah, a lot, a lot of employees end up holding their employers to ransom almost because um, the employer gets in this position where they can't do without them. Yeah. Um, they feel like perhaps they can't find another one to replace them. Right. And so there's this real power play and, and this to and fro chess game that goes on between these two parties and it's bloody ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't it? But it's all about police systems again. Okay. Once again.
2: Once again. So explain that, Jay. How what what's well, belief you, systems you got, got to do? Let's with? say you've got two parties then. So let's, you know, easily go to an employee. You look in Australia. You know, um, laws in Australia around working were all came about because of the union years, which we still uh, are affected by these days. They're not a bad thing. I'm not. I do not have a judgment on this. So I, don't, I don't want any warfies <laughs> But I'm saying, you know, that the the fair distribution of pay for hours worked, and you know. Um, Right work Cause, you know there were there was a lot of exploitation uh, of workers. yeah, but exploitation. There were lots of workers that were you know got uh, injured. Yeah, shit, and, work conditions, safety, all that sort of stuff. So there is a mindset, and you know I'm really generalising here. So once again, please don't kick me in the nuts over this. But, all generalisations are bad. You know, let's say if you you come from a very labour uh, area. Yeah everyone works for a factory or an industry or everything like that there are belief systems about who they're working for the time they're getting the safety this that and the other but that would come from parents as well that have you know maybe been in trades maybe have worked for the big uh, industrial plants of yesteryear because we don't really work for those anymore i mean there's a whole new belief system coming out of the mining industry now mm. where young people can go and earn bucket loads of money that they never would have been able to earn in any other time in history but that's all teetering out now but there's belief systems with that so what we're looking at is how someone has grown up in a work environment so I mean I personally I grew up in an environment where my father owned his own business now it wasn't a massive business but it was a, a unique business uh, niche business in advertising for agricultural stuff. You know, he knew the area as an agronomist. Um, and But he had his own business. And he worked really long hours and really hard and did all that sort of thing. Um, but I think most of the time he employed good people. Do you know what I mean? And he valued those people and they were paid appropriately and so forth like that. So I didn't have a lot... But I've, in my life history, have been... And I'm going to say, luckily, being able to experience the full breadth of employer-employee relations and being in it myself and being out of it myself, but get to see, you know, I've worked out the back of Blacktown where, you know, you basically hate your employer. You don't want to be there, but you go there because you need to earn money. But there's all these belief systems about the employer that's driving the BMW and this and that and the other. <coughs> and I've gone, you know... Um, Worked with builders that have laborers that some of them are just absolutely fantastic and some of them are absolute assholes. But the same can apply to business owners, really. But it comes back to so business owners is their belief systems about employees, which they may get from growing up, or it might be a new thing for them. You know, um, there's a lot of fear um, with employers, particularly small business owners. Because
0: they've got so much at stake, they don't often make a lot of money, they work ridiculous hours, and then they're paying legislated minimum wages, uh, and then some, to employees who seem to have a better life than they do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when that comes down to choice as well, but they want to be the business owner, they want to be in charge. That's right. Yeah, they want to have control. They want to drive the BMW. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. As long as the business pays for the BMW, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's right. It? Yep. So, but we were looking at the Four Noble Truths uh, and sort of overlaying this over a business. So, let's say a small to medium business, just as an example. So, Warwick and I have had conversations over this over the last few months. So, you've got the first noble truth, which is suffering exists. It's there. But how we might look at this from a business point of view is, why, and this is from an employer here, not from an employee at the moment. So from an employer perspective, why are you in business? Really, that's the question you have to answer. Why the hell are you doing it? And be brutally honest. If it's just about money, write down, well, it's just about money and I think I can make good money. If you're some green tea drinking hippie sitting there going, well, I want to save the planet, (laughs) then be brutally honest and say that's really why I want to do it, after I earn some money. (laughs) (laughs) To pay for my green tea. Yeah, basically, Uh, and my (laughs) my laptop and everything else that's just...
0: (laughs) I love the way that you just trample all over (laughs) multiple stereotypes there, mate, (laughs) in one (laughs) sentence. That's awesome. Well Well done. I'll do my best.
2: <laughs> you just burnt that piece of meat. So back to the employer. So that first rule, you know, why the hell are you in business in the first place? Mm. Is it to make money? Is it for social stature? I know, I know. you know, the yuppies that came out, came out of the 80s that did fantastic things, but it was generally so they could have toys. Mm. That they, yeah, they could it, it, live a certain lifestyle. It was all big ego in those days. And it was an amazing thing to watch.
0: The 80s was eighties and early 90s was very much like that, wasn't it? Yeah. There was this massive uh, significance culture. Yes. Uh, gee, I just came up with a wank word. You did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This isn't a wank word free zone, this show, is it, Jay? No. Because I reckon I've used a few. But, uh, yeah, there was this big thing about... Yeah, the reason for doing that stuff was about notoriety and recognition. I suppose it's just, it's human nature, though, isn't it, mate?
2: Yeah, like, but, you know, you had the recognition and... of walking around with a phone that you actually had to hang off your waist. <laughs> a bag phone? Yeah, and you looked phone. so cool.
0: <laughs> I had a car phone. I thought it was cool. It was so stupid. <laughs> Uh, those were the days where you could talk on the phone while you were driving.
2: But, I, you know, you could say that the, the 80s yuppies have caused the, uh, what is it, the Bastards. petroleum addiction that we have today. Yeah, it was all Fossil their fault. Fossil fuel addiction. It was all their fault. Yeah, let's blame the yuppies. Yeah. Yeah. That's we blame people on this show. We yeah, know. that's right. It gets us all the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's
0: take our ch- tongues out of our cheeks, Jay. <clears throat> and uh, then leave that alone. But, um... Four noble truths of Buddhism.
2: What the hell's this got to do with? Well, that's what I was saying. So, number one is to realise that you you need to work. But why are you working? So, number two mm-hmm. is you know really get down to nut down. And this is again, everyone out there. We're just starting with the employers, not the employees. This is not a. Um, so we're picking on the employers. No one's first. better than the other. Typical. It's just so that first and second thing, you know is de- declare the cause of your suffering is your craving for money or your craving, craving for attachment to things. You know, I want to have a Ferrari, and if I do these things, I'll get there. Um, the positive movement stuff out of the last 30 years that comes out of America, yeah, I want the house, I want the car, I want this and I want that. That's fine, perfectly fine. Um Just be brutally honest while you're doing it. Now, let's have a look at those first two from an employee's perspective. So the first one is
0: the first noble truth as it applies to this situation, Joe, just so people who are taking notes can jot these down. (laughs) Because I know we have some listeners who actually (laughs) (laughs) write (laughs) things down. They they listen
2: to our podcast to start with. Well, it would be... So the first one? The four noble truths would be one and two, which is... The truth of why you're in business. Okay, so that's point one. Yeah, and declaring that. So truth, what is you the know, truth of why I am you're, in business? Yep. You know what the truth is is that suffering exists. So that's the first one. If you're doing it from a, you know, uh, all I experience is suffering. So in work, what exists for you in work? Yep. Why are you existing in that job in the first place? Mm. If you found yourself there by accident, are you, um, you know, someone like Warwick here who's <laughs> Definitely an accident in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's found, you know, he's gone and done uh, accountancy. You've got a degree in financial planning and all that sort of stuff, yep. don't you? Yeah, yep. so, you know, you found yourself, you came out of that, and usually someone would, would assume that you're going to end up just being an accountant and that's it. But you're now riveting the Kojak. <laughs> Because shave, he week. shaved and, his head and mate. my beard. And his beard. He <laughs> check, looks like a little baby. Check out Instagram.
0: <laughs> go to, go to the uh, the throw Buddha Instagram yeah. Yeah, if if He's gone. He's gone the total Buddha. If you haven't liked us there, for goodness' sake, what are you doing? Yeah.
2: Go like. Go follow us on Instagram. You don't like people on Instagram. Okay. Check out my beard. Have you got link. your plug in yet? Yeah. Okay. So, but you you know, you ended up as a business coach. Or, stra- or used to be a business coach. A former business say. coach. <laughs>
0: Insert legal disclaimer. Here. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes,
2: yeah, so I, I was a business coach. But I'm the reading. assumed role of you doing an, an accountancy degree is that you come out and be an accountant, isn't it? Yep. Yeah.
0: And I did that for 18 months and I hated every minute of it. So,
2: if we're looking at an employer here, is what's the truth of why they're there? And they could be there totally by accident. Hmm. Yeah, but just. Well, I don't want to spiral off into
0: too much of a tangent here, mate, but I was about to say, yeah, just circumstance. Product of circumstance. Uh, but there's such no thing? such thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I stopped <laughs> I'm myself here going, what's he talking because about? Because it's a choice that was made. Yeah,
2: well, it's choices that are made. It's just that it's not necessarily those choices are made consciously or from a place of awareness. Well, it can be. Some people are very conscious about why they get into business, though, aren't they? Oh sure,
0: into yeah. business, yeah, but but into a business of what, you know? Why did I go into a financial planning business? Yeah, well, because I had a business, a business degree, and I had experience in that stuff, and so I felt like that was a natural choice. Yeah, but looking back now, it's like, what the hell was I doing? You know, <laughs> I, I would much rather. I think have done I think you'll find else. most people
2: generally do that. Or look back would, and, yeah. on their life and go, what the? F-? <laughs> yeah, but then you can see that the belief systems and the suffering that actually belonging to the human race, well, you know, let's be even more qualified here, is belonging to, or being in part of Australia at this time, earning money, you are following a load of belief systems. Ooh. Right? (laughs) And I can guarantee you that 50 years ago, there were employers and employees that could sit, around and have a look at what's happening now, like all the small businesses exist, and they exist in technology alone, 50 years ago, people would have been sitting there going, there's no way that could happen. Yeah, well, it just wasn't physically possible for a no, lot of those businesses to exist. No, it wasn't psychologically possible because there were limitations. Yeah, okay, yep. Right, so it's those belief systems and everything like that that cause their limitations. This is getting back to this one or two. So... You know, the employer sitting there and saying, well, how the f*** did I end up doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing what am I doing? Am I doing it just for money? Am I doing it for money so i can experience financial freedom am i doing it for money so i can buy material things because i think they make me feel better am i doing it for money to have more than the next person because that makes me feel better i mean they're all valid reasons why you're doing it it's just being blatantly honest why you're doing it so then we get to an employee why are you in the job you're in now Some people are going to be very lucky and just go, yep, I'm in a job I love with an employer I love, and we both have a great relationship, and I'm in it because I enjoy, you know, there's certain people that I know that work healing koalas, right, and it's the work they want to do, and they work for an employer, and it's like, they're meeting their passion. So there's a whole lot of belief systems that fall out of the way in the employer-employer relationship because they're more focused on healing the bloody koalas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So if you're an employee right now, what's the blatant truth about why you're in the job you're in? And you can be perfectly happy in your job sweeping the streets or emptying garbage bins.
0: Yeah, I've, I don't
2: know, this is probably another tangent, mate, but the whole thing about uh,
0: being happy in your work, work being in inverted commas, whether that's scrubbing dunnies or, you know, removing brain tumours, we can still find joy in our work no matter what it is. Yes. But, whatever the reason is, and I'm sure you have a better answer than I will for this, mate, is, is... People who are scrubbing dunnies and, you know, filling potholes in the roads and emptying garbage bins, there's there's a perception that those jobs are shit, and that they would get more fulfilment if they were healing koalas or removing brain tumours. Yeah, but that comes down to individual. But the reality is, is that it's got nothing to do with that. I I used to have this uh, debate discussion yep. with um, my ex-wife about accounting. Right. She did it her whole life. Left school, went to university, accounting degree, into accounting, did it for 20 years um, after school and got to the stage where I absolutely hated it and, and just refuses to do it because she cannot connect that. Work with her spiritual work, if you like. You right. know, she just cannot get any joy or fulfilment or anything from it. Um, and yet, there's aspects of of the work that I do that that shit me to tears. But overall, I feel that it is actually my work of of guiding people, coaching people, you know, bringing awareness to them. Even though it's through the business plane, right? It's still there's fulfilment in there. Yeah, and I guess I, I see that. A lot of people just miss the opportunity for that. They're chasing a better job or a better life or a better business to...
2: And well, that's, that's another thing then, is it all a chasing, because they think there's something better on the other side.
0: Yeah, so I've taken us from one barbecue to the one
2: three blocks even, down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know where I went with that. I but. reckon there's a couple of listeners here that burst out <laughs> laughing when I when I even had to think, like, where the f*** <laughs> is he going? You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and we're back. So uh, welcome to Throw butter on the Barbie. <laughs> anyway,
0: so the second one. Jay? second noble truth no 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 we did
2: block? we did one and two one okay. and two is in that truth and that declaring yeah, one is declaring we, why am i doing this the second no, is no one is one is realizing that what you're doing and number two is declaring it right. isn't it really it's i think they come together it's like why am i here mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing okay so now going back to the four noble truths what it says here is we know the cessation of suffering is possible and this is called Nirvana there is a path that leads to the ending this is the essential truth that there is peace of mind so there in your workplace whether you're an employer or an employee there is a path to a peace of mind within what you're doing and how you're thinking because if you're an employer if you sit down and had a good look at your belief systems that you've got over you can help me out here Warwick Ooh, that's a bit <laughs> formal. I'm worried. <laughs> Come on, <smart> what <laughs> What would some of your employers say, you know, as you can see it as an ingrained belief system about their employees? What would they say about their employees? Yeah, do I, I always that, uh, employ oh, the wrong person? Or you can't I, get good stuff. Can't get um, good stuff. They don't do what they're told they, you know, they don't know how good they've got it. Right. Uh, okay, so this is good. This is all... So this is an employer sitting down saying and looking at what they're saying and finding within those things, those belief systems, having a look at them and then there's a path to a peace of mind by having a look at those things that they're saying because they're only mental constructs. They're belief systems that they they constantly have... Conditionally um, oh, God I've lost the word here Believed <laughs> No They see it all the time In front of their face So it reinforces that conditioning In their mind That I can't get good people Yeah Yep. Do you know what I mean? So every time they then go and interview someone, mm-hmm. they're already presupposing they're not going to get a good person. So they end up not getting a good, good person. Then they're, Which they're at the their belief. barbecue with their other mates on the weekend saying, oh, my God, it's hard to get good stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're actually the cause of it.
0: Yeah. Which, in some respects, goes back to the episode we did a little while ago about internal versus external. Everything yeah. we experience is, is from the internal. Yeah. And those employers have created that situation
2: because that's their focus. So I suppose this is a little bit of a, the quirky thing about this podcast is we're talking to two different groups of people.
0: On the same episode. On the same episode. <laughs> so you have to tune in and out as yeah. you get the shits with what we're saying. Just tune in. And when you agree, tune out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so let's, let's go back to that again. So from the employee standpoint, for number three years is, oh. is that constant conditioning of I can't get good staff will always create the situation where you will always not get good staff because you're not fiddling around with your belief systems. Mm. An employee will always, you know, if you've got, you know, let's someone that's um, experienced growing up at a house where their father works five days a week for a company that pays them this much and all he hears is moans and groans all day, he or she I should say here, all day every week about employers and this and that and the other. Now, he'll go into a job and he'll be carrying some of that stuff with him, and it's like you know, and you know, first job, let's say he gets a job with a you know similar industry to his father's and everything a like that. A biscuit factory. A biscuit factory. <laughs> I don't know how he coming this so though. He's making iced vovos, right? <laughs> Do they even sell those anymore? I don't know. I think someone tried to get rid of them and there was an uproar. Oh, okay. Um, he's making iced vovos in the factory that his father made iced vovos, but his father's gone. He's been promoted up to niece biscuits or something like that.
0: <laughs> he gets to make the Tim Tams <laughs> Tim <now>. Tams. <laughs> no,
2: he's on the high level stuff. I hope no one's listening that actually works in the biscuit factory right. making Tim Tams. But they're a belief system. He'll go into that workplace and actually work with people. It'll all hold the same belief systems that, oh, you know, they never pay us enough and they never do this and yeah, they never bastards. do that. You know, Yeah, yep. bastards. So, therefore, they're creating a mental workforce as an employee that they'll experience that stuff. Can I jump in, Jay? Yeah, jump away. Oh. If you're leading us off on another tangent... You can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you you can, can just go and get, just go and leave your own yeah. half of your podcast.
0: Right. And let, anyway, <laughs> no, I was just, I was going to share a bit of an anecdote uh, from a client, obviously, and I do that a lot because I work with people, but yep. um, employer, employee, and this business has a very strong, and I think consultants and advisors and HR people talk about it as culture. Yep. And I, I think that word perhaps is not misunderstood but maybe it's it's used a bit too broadly but there's a whole lot in that thing when we say there's a crap corporate culture that what i see with that is that there is this persistent thing as you say amongst the workers that the boss is an asshole they don't pay us enough they demand too many hours the conditions aren't great and and people coming into that, and I've watched this happen over a long period of time working with this particular client, new employees come into that smiling and positive, and they're you know, they excited about their new job, and within about two or three weeks, everybody else has beaten that out of them, <laughs> and they're walking around with the same miserable outlook on the place, and the employer is just at a loss as to how the freaking hell do we get good people. And it's like, you keep getting good people, but the rest of your people keep turning them into the lowest common denominator which is everyone's got the shits with you because you're not leading them you're micromanaging and you're getting the shits about stuff and he pays really well but nobody gives a shit about that because they just don't like being at work yeah and so that culture has
2: inspired or anything like that yeah it's got
0: its own
2: um so that's a really good that's Finally, he's come up with a really good Hallelujah, anecdote. <laughs> but that shows you the belief <laughs> systems of everyone in that area. It's like the new employee that doesn't have any presupposed belief systems about being there at that job. You've got the employer and the current employees, and everyone is following a certain blueprint to get everyone in place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yep. everyone's actually comfortable there. Mm. And everyone's suffering. I don't really like my job. And I hate getting... I hate. Why can't I get good people? But you... Nobody leaves. Yeah. But you're a pack of idiots <laughs> if you don't all step back and go, all right, what am I doing? Why am I experiencing this? Even if you're an employee and you've got a shit job, it's because of you that you've got a shit job <gasps> in the first place.
0: Jay, wash what? your mouth out. Sorry. You're saying <sighs> that... Are you trying to tell me that if I'm an employee and I hate where I work yep. and it's
2: a shit place to work, that that's my fault? Yes. Well, not fault. It's your responsibility. It's your choice. So stop being a knob. Jeez,
0: mate. I, I don't know if I can stomach that one. <laughs>
2: right. Now, let's right, get to let's the fourth on. one. Before, <laughs> before I we get... have a
0: riot. <laughs> We are in something of a blue-collar area yeah. here, mate. Oh, so are we? Oh, just be kombucha, careful as you me?
2: leave, mate. You might get your tyres slashed. The Labour Party, you've been wrong for many years.
0: Oh, I was <laughs> no, pretty sure joking. we weren't going to talk politics and religion on this <laughs> I'm show. I only totally
2: joking. All right, no, see right, you later. Sorry. Anyway, Jay... I'm in Caboolture. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get an Ugg boot thrown at me. Welcome to
0: Throw Butter on the Barbie with Jay. Because I don't want any part of this one. <laughs> Young. All right, mate. What's what's number four? Let's try. And young, get this good-looking man gets killed during podcast. <laughs> oh, talking about me
2: again. No, oh. just because you shave, everything doesn't make you Duh. young. Oh, let's get back on track. Anyway, so the final fourth truth is: is that if we follow a set of guidelines, which is in the noble eightfold path, we can start to ease that suffering. That sounds attractive, doesn't it? Much Almost like me. Ah, oh, <laughs> got in there before you. I was too slow.
0: I was Instagramming while we were recording.
2: <laughs>
0: See, I'll get more likes on Instagram than you will on yeah, this episode, yeah, yeah. mate. Anyhow anyway, um, right.
2: petition. So everyone out there, I know you can't answer me, but is everyone aware of where they're sitting, whether they're an employee or an employer? Yay, yeah, I can hear <laughs> You can hear all the pennies can dropping. Hear all the pennies dropping. <laughs> Okay, so the Noble Eightfold Path, so you could use this for your business, or if you're an employee, you could follow this for yourself to improve your work experience, and or choose to go somewhere else,
0: depending <laughs> on what you're doing. Lots of people can be quitting their jobs or shutting their businesses, yeah. right? Well, maybe sacking their employees, I don't know.
2: Okay, so number one in the Eightfold Path is right view or understanding. Are you with this I'm not saying anything because whenever <laughs> I interject
0: <laughs> you roll your eyes at me and I have to roll them back at you right so oh.
2: this this sort of this first right viewer understanding i you know we're sort of blueprinting this for work but you know if you have a deep understanding of what you're doing in place at that time, you're going to have a greater understanding of what's going on around you that's what I believe maybe mm-hmm. not mm-hmm Maybe some people can't shift their shift their mind to that degree. But if you're an employee working for an employer that has a small to medium business with 15 people in it and you can say to yourself, all right, why is my employer – and you don't have to go to the employer and say this – if you could spend just a minute saying why is my employer doing this business why are they in it you know is it a family business has it existed for years you know have a deep understanding about why the business is is existing and why you're there you know if it's just a job that you needed work just say that's my deep understanding is I'm in this job because I needed to feed myself I needed to get Accommodation. I wanted to buy a new motorbike, preferably a Triumph from <laughs> Warwick's point of view. Thank you. <laughs> But just stand, whether you're an employer or an employee, and stand there and have that right understanding of why you are there. As you're walking in that door, if you could do that every day, why am I here? And if you just were very clear to yourself that you're there to earn money, to do whatever you want to do, you'll actually feel a bit better.
0: Because does that, in in essence, release me from all of that other
2: well, not all of it, but the other suffering that well, the suffering create created myself. by judgment, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. you know, let's have a look at. You were talking about those lower end jobs like garbage trucks, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Now I saw a, a a journal article in a paper a few weeks ago, and it was about a little boy that had got, he he loved the garbage trucks coming along every day and picking up the garbage, you know, when it was garbage day. And he said to his mum and dad, I want to grow up and be a garbage man. And they bought him a garbage truck and they actually took him out to the garbage guys and took a photo with him and his new garbage truck because that's what he wanted to be when he was older. So the funny thing is that child has absolutely no belief systems that tell him that, that's like a lower, conceived as a lower end job that only shitheads do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's going to get to a point where someone's going to say that to him and he's going to go, oh, what are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? It's the best thing in the world. So his belief system, if he carried that every day for the rest of his life, he would be the happiest garbage contractor in the world because no one has said to him, it's a shit job. Yeah, because there there really is this, um,
0: well, it's been created by the masses, I suppose, but it's just people that have created it, is there's this hierarchy of work and what's considered um, more valuable versus less valuable in some ways, or or more desirable versus less desirable. Yep. You know, I used the examples before about brain surgeons and all that sort of stuff. I know more or less worthy or valuable than a garbologist or a you know, a dunny scrubber or a pothole filler. Right. Because we actually none of us can live without any of them. So the right view or understanding
2: for all of this, whether you're an employer or an employee, whether you're a brain surgeon or a garbage truck contractor, is that it doesn't matter as long as you have an understanding of what you're doing. Not sitting there going, "Oh, that brain surgeon—he's a wanker" because he's driving a BMW and people are paying him this, that, and the other to save lives. You know, hey, however that system works, because that's that's just as bad, bad just as fraught with
0: <laughs> danger <laughs>
2: as the. Well, it is for the person. Yeah, it's it's for the judgment. person making the judgment. So, yeah. and that's what we're talking about here. So, we're trying to ease the suffering of an employee is from the get-go, have a right understanding of why you're walking in the doors of the office in the first place, you know. Because that's your choice. Yeah. And, you know, you get all – I notice on Facebook all the time all these things about, you know, not being one of the drones and going on, you know, there's all these office workers doing this, that and the other. Things would change if most of those people walked in the office and said, well, I'm here to get money. That's all I'm doing. It gives me structure, la, la la la, the honest truth, you know? And actually own it. Yeah, and own it. Instead of walking in there going, Oh, I don't want to do this job and I don't want to go this and that and the other and then they see on Facebook someone going, You're a drone, you don't know what you're doing, you're a sheep, you don't know how to think, everyone's thinking for you and everything like that The change only comes internally because people like that are saying, Well, you're an idiot You can't think for yourself. And that makes you feel worse because then you start judging yourself over what some twat from America living in California is saying. What I'm getting to is there is total responsibility from whoever walks in the door, be they employer or an employee.
0: Hmm. It's not somebody else's problem or fault. It's someone else's problem, but... I'm there because of me.
2: Yeah. My choice. But if you're an employee and you have belief systems about your employer and it makes you upset and it separates you from that employer because of those belief systems, I don't like how he runs the company. I don't like how he looks at me when I'm coming in and I'm, you know, all bedraggled and down and this and that and the other. And the employer is standing there going, man, when I interviewed that guy, he was really good and now he's a dick and I can't employ good people. So you're both bouncing off these things off each other because you're both not in a total state of truth about why you're there in the first place and if everyone was very honest about why they're there (laughs) you'd probably get rid of (laughs) half the suffering in the first place jesus and then we'd all be happy what's happiness i don't know i haven't found it yet uh so, right viewer understanding, that's number one. Jeez, number one. we've still
0: got seven more to go. Yeah, I know. And I wanted to jump in with this big epiphanistic...
2: Epiphanistic? <laughs> He's made up another word. That's two in one show. It's the was dictionary. We are the world leader in grammar. <laughs> uh, it's an urban
0: dictionary. But um, if, <laughs> you know, if employers and employees actually sat down and did this, I'm going to change my consulting style, <laughs> mate, but... Uh, Imagine if employers and employees sat down and said, "Right, I think you're a twat and you used to be good. What the hell happened? Well, I I hate the way you treat me and blah, blah, blah. And actually, without – see, it would be really hard to do it without um, just pointing the finger and blaming the other person. But if everybody put their shit on the table in that sense and said, well, I'm here because I need money for my family, blah, 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 and the employer said, well, I'm here for the same reason – uh, so really, it's just I own all the assets. It's just the, <laughs> I've got the BMW and the fancy house. Uh, but
2: they the, you know if they're totally honest about they're the things that I like,
0: mm. and actually put their shit on the table. Yeah. And I think a lot of not not everybody perhaps, but man, there'd be a high percentage of of uh, workplaces where bosses and workers be on the same freaking page. No, honestly. And I I get in the middle of all this stuff, trying to manoeuvre, yeah, and translate Manipulate. and <laughs> and you know interpret and all that sort of stuff. And honestly, I should just stick
2: them in a bloody MMA cage and let them go at it for six rounds. Yeah. Okay, so let's slow paraphrase. Number one, if you don't honestly know the truth of why you're where where you are. You're a wanker. You're a wanker.
0: <laughs> That's what Jay usually says. <laughs> if you don't like it, you're you know, a wanker. You know, you've
2: got all these tools around you on consciousness and what's changing and spirituality and meditation, everything like that, but you still sit in belief systems created by wankers from 50 to 100 years ago about work. So, yeah. Because we don't work in that environment anymore. <laughs> no. Oh. Okay. So, number one, up. right viewer understanding. I hope everyone's got that. Okay. Right. Two right thought or intention. Mm. Mm. <laughs> There's that I word again. I intention. Yeah, intention. I'm just waiting for you to pop out another new word. <laughs> I'm just shutting up, Jay. Now, now, according to the Noble Eightfold Path, the the path of right thought or intention has three aspects. Right. Now, number one is renunciation. If you don't know what that means, go and get a Bible. <laughs> or see <C>, Indians <laughs> It's giving away all that you believe is it an attachment basically? Two goodwill and three harmlessness. All right? So this is a re- bit like the do no harm but take no shit thing yeah. that I see getting around. The renunciation, let's look at that as attachment. All right, so what are you attached to in the workplace? What really, you know, what could you not do without in the workplace? Is it, you know, your iced vovos that come around at morning tea time on the trolley? (laughs) You know, this is the hard part about using this Eightfold Path is this renunciation. But I would say it's giving up all your belief systems. But people can be attached to the actual suffering as well, Jay. Yeah, yeah, on this one. So giving up the belief, yeah, giving up those belief systems, labels, the labels, everything like that. If they could walk in that door with an open view of what happens or a right intention of what happens in that workplace, everyone's going to benefit. Hmm. No one's going to be miserable. That's right. Right. Uh goodwill. to all men and women and women and children. Yes, and all minorities and, and dogs. And <laughs> And dogs so you know goodwill is also the right intention of why you're going in there it's you know goodwill for your employer if your employer you did your best for your employer and your the company not so much the um, and this can be company as well we can use the word company if you made money for your company and your company was smart enough to go wow Warwick 's come in today, and he 's doing really, really well um, and he 's done this and made these changes and everything like that, and we 're saving this, then they would express that back by bonuses this, that, or the other. You would hope you would hope well, people try and do that all the time, but you know all the research on on regular bonuses and that stuff doesn 't really work anyway from a mm. motivational point of view, but you know the goodwill but there 'll be recognition. By and large, companies recognise the efforts of their employees if they do well. Right. But let's look at it from a – let's say from my point of view. If you walk in wishing the best for your employer and the employer walks in wishing the best for you, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I know, and you both work exactly. (laughs) So you you both got goodwill towards each other. You're not sitting there saying. So your renunci, your number one, your renunciation is that I drop the belief system that I only employ bad people. Yep. Then you've got you always are supporting your employees psychologically, mentally, whatever. You know, you're you. You've just got good thoughts for them. Everyone's adding to the equation rather than subtracting. Yeah, and, subtracting, uh, yeah, and taking, of breaking down those old stereotypes of the belief systems of yeah. who you are. Yep. So the third one, let me read here, <laughs> is harmlessness, right? Now, harmlessness is... Lack of violence. <laughs> the Buddhists are usually good at this, unless you like those extreme Buddhists that I hear about. The, the extreme Buddhists, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there is some extreme Buddhists somewhere. Right. Um, I'm sure, there is extreme everything. Yeah, they probably kill ants. Yeah, <laughs> <Bastards>. deliberately. <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, so you know, if we're looking at it from you know this right thought or intention, this concerns those thoughts and plans arising from a right worldview. Right. Right. So if you could go into the workplace with a right world view from both sides of the equation. When you say
0: right world view, Jay, just uh, unpack that a little bit, please.
2: I don't know. (laughs) Depends if I'm talking to ISIS members or not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're on fire today, mate. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So far, we've... anyway.
2: Right world view. Well, so, so look at it from a business, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the context that we're talking. Yeah, if you've got a right world view, you know, okay, let's start with a wrong world view. Let's go in there and we're being a miserable bastard to our employer and we're affecting the business because of that. The employer struggles the whole time and then at the end, the business folds. Mm-hmm. Because everyone is in there. With the wrong world view of why the business is there and what's, you know, everyone's looking at everyone else going, it's your fault while we're in this position. Yep. Right? Right. Business faults. No one benefits. That's right. Right world view is, is everyone's going in there saying, right, I have, you know employer goes in saying I have a duty and responsibility to my employees to pay them well and to make sure they do their job because I want my business to grow. The employee has a, I would say, you know, I don't like using the word duty, but a duty and responsibility to go in there and say, hey, this dude's paying me so much an hour that I've agreed to, as I walk in the door, mm. to do these things. Yep. But, you know, if everyone's walking in the door with, we really want the company to grow, you would get a better outcome.
0: Because everyone's working towards the same <laughs> yeah, everyone's overall outcome. Of,
2: yeah. But you know, there's nowhere I mean there's probably a couple of places that exist. Maybe Google, you mm. know, where you have sleep beds and cafeterias yeah, yeah. and all that sort of thing. You know, there are places that possibly exist like this all the time. But, you know, we're talking small to medium business here at the moment. So, you know, to improve the small to medium business is if you can get your employers and the employer, anyone that walks through those gates, doors, whatever it is, to have the right goodwill for the company, you've got a winner. Sounds pretty simple. does. Right. Third one is right speech. <laughs> okay. That's not going to happen on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm going to read this out. So this is about being aware of judgments and learning to assess ourselves honestly. So I'd say we've already answered those in, you know, the first and second noble truths, you know, uh, the right view or understanding is, you know, just assessing all the time, you know, if I've got a grievance, why have I got the grievance and how did it come from me? Why am I experiencing this thing right now? Yep. You know. It's a little bit related to the last chat we
0: had with Jane Jordan about the questions we ask. Yes. So that, that self-talk,
2: self-language. Yeah, but uh, what are you voicing, you know? You could be right. going home and moaning to your wife. You know, oh, God, I'm so tired of Barry. He comes home every day complaining about his bloody job. Yep. You know, so not only does that right, that right and or wrong speech affect people at work, it affects, affects people uh-huh. at home as well. Yep, which reflects I mean? back to us as well. Yeah So this is You know And from a Buddhist perspective This is where we begin To develop compassion Is learning to assess Ourselves honestly This is basically What this whole thing is About this morning mm. Is employers And employees Assessing themselves Honestly Yep For the good will Of the company mm. Or the good will Of the employee mm-hmm. So that he's earning A good wage And he's happy And he's content you know, mm-hmm. there's no limitations. Okay, the fourth one is right action. Well, you mean doing the right things? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I got to do something? Yes. Yep. So it's about behaving in a way that will not hurt anyone. So take this to the workplace. You know what? If you assessed yourself honestly, what do you do that hurts people within the company?
1: Hmm.
0: Cost them money, cost them suffering, like, you know, things that are said, working slower, so it puts pressure on a co worker. Yep. Because they have to pick up the slack,
2: all that sort of stuff. That's it. Yep. Yep. So, just what are the right actions within your role as an employer and your role as an employee? Right. Now, five is right livelihood. Now, this has got making a living in an ethical way. This refers to making the correct choice concerning ways of making and earning a living. So mm. that's got a big, you know, it's got a big, you know, if you're a hippie and you work for a coal mining company, probably not a good choice. You know, experience a degree of tension. Yeah, and disparity. Yeah. You <laughs> know, like, <you> know. <laughs> and I'm working for the man. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's... Once again, it's making this honest observation of why you're in the place you're in. And that that was part of my ex-wife's suffering, I guess, or angst,
0: was pretty much as an accountant, as a public accountant, you're just an agent for the tax department, collecting taxes from people and surrounded by miserable clients who hate paying tax and more tax. and With belief systems that come along with uh, tax. With what ta-
2: paying taxes is all about. So, it's, you know, I can understand that... That's not very fulfilling for her. Yeah. But, you know, if you're totally honest with yourself and found yourself in a business that wasn't meeting some of your ethical and moral judgments about the world, which don't exist anyway, (laughs) have a listen to some of our earlier podcasts. Yep. Then don't be there. And that's what she's chosen. Yeah. So, yeah, But it's making that honest a, appraisal as well, because that would help the employer and it would help you. It's like, I really don't want to be here because it's not meeting how I see the world. Hmm. Again, it goes back to owning that choice. Yes. Okay. Right. Cool. Right effort is the
0: sixth one.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is this the difference between patience <laughs> but and you're laziness, Jay? You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're going you're,
2: you're gonna to like this sentence, and some employers are not going to like this sentence either. Include the way of not trying too hard. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if your employees uh,
0: use that one against you, employers, it's not our fault. No, but this is the fine work that is enabled by inner harmony and balance. But do you know, with that one, uh, so... I'm, I'm a bit of a Tim Ferriss 4-Hour Workweek fan. Yes. And I've been on a uh, a crusade of late since reading the book The One Thing by Gary Keller, I think it is. Yep. And they're, they're just two authors that pretty much espouse the same principle of you actually shouldn't have to work hard. If you're working hard, as in, you know, forcing and busting your gut, you're not doing it right. No. It should actually... Flow and you need to have time for meditation and family and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean,
2: well, it's balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's the work-life balance,
0: which is bullshit because there is no there is no balance point. It's it's more about a um, a pathway. Yeah. Uh, well, there's
2: balance point for me when I'm not working. I feel, <laughs> you feel very you balanced. Feel very balanced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's more about priority, and I like the way. Gary Keller in the book The 1 Thing describes the concept of priority and even the root of that word and how it's come to have a different connotation in in uh, modern language to what the actual meaning of the word priority means.
2: Uh, okay, so let's have a quick look at this because you got you've got Tim Ferriss yep. who's a big proponent of the Pareto principle which is the 80/20 rule. Yep. You've got Gary Yep. Keller. Keller. Who's a big proponent of the one thing? Mm-hmm. They're both basically saying, cut all the crap out of your job and you'll have more balance. Yeah. So, and there are a lot of examples. If you have a good look at the work you're doing, 80% of the work you're doing will be giving you 20% of your results. Yeah. And we fill the other 80% with shit. Yeah. So, and then there's that balances out that 20% of your results are from 80% of the crap you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean,
0: we have this outdated...
2: I think I just said that
0: all wrong. Yeah, you did, but I'm pretty sure people know what you meant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 20% 20 of your output should be giving you 80% of your results. Yeah, 20% of your efforts. Yeah. So that means there's 80% of what you do every day that's not really doing anything. No, which could be better applied. And it doesn't necessarily
0: mean you sit on the on your ass and stare at the wall because, well, I'm not going to do the other stuff because it's worthless. But that goes across to that whole concept of priority is you could choose then another priority and apply effort to that. Now, that could be, if we go back to those other principles, Jay, doing something else for the good of the company, which really is going to be for the good of the whole. Yeah. Sound like bloody communists. Uh, or socialists, <laughs> but but you know when you start cutting the fluff, it's amazing how much um, other more productive things, you could effective be doing. things that we could be doing with our time, rather than just uh, mindlessly filling up eight to ten hours a day with work in inverted commas, because yeah, perceived work, yeah, because there's a there's a concept that. Being busy is being productive, and that's a load of
2: horse shit. Yeah, so an employer and an employee could sit down and have that right viewer understanding, and the employer is going to say, look, this business is here. It exists to make me lots of money, and we're not doing that at the moment. Yep. I'm sitting with you, the employee, that I would like to pay more money because the company earns more money. What could we cut out of the way? What's the fluff that we're doing? What is the one thing that could make us money? Or from the Pareto principle, you know. What's the 20%? What's the 20% yep. that gives us money? Yep. And throw everything else in the bin. Yep. That'd be an interesting
0: conversation to have. Yeah, it would. Instead of you're a bastard and you're a lazy prick.
2: Yeah. Mm. And why don't you supply Ice Vovos anymore? Because <laughs> <laughs> I right. don't make them. Because <laughs> the guy at the Ice <laughs> vovo factory listened <laughs> to this episode and said, that's it, I'm out of here. <laughs> He's gone to a cave in the mountain. <laughs> All right. right. So number seven is right mindfulness. Mindfulness is integral to meditation. We train our minds to remain in the moment, simply noting what arises. These include mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of feelings, mindfulness of thinking, and objects of thoughts. This refers to a tranquil, tranquil, tranquil. I can't even say it. Tranquil, undisturbed mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right mindfulness when you're in the job. That so being present in your but tasks. just being present about
0: what you're doing. If I'm servicing a customer car, I'd be present with that. Yes. If I'm if you're, a, entering or if you're a dust, prostitute into and you're a servicing a client <laughs> <laughs> just being present. Oh, this is you're just doing this <laughs> so that we justify our explicit rating, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just going to stick with the work examples. But yeah, it's being present in the task and giving it the attention that it actually deserves or demands.
2: Right. There you go. But Not it's being mindful of what you're doing, isn't enough it? Sense. This whole thing <clears throat> is being honest about where you are. And if you're honest about where you are, you should be mindful about what you're doing. Hmm. Which, at, at a very simple
0: level, Creates attention to detail and accuracy and all those sort of things because you're giving a task the right attention. Yeah, uh, you don't leave the oil cap off a customer car and you know they drive out and sprays oil all over the the bloody engine bay, for example. Yeah, when what you do for a living is service cars, so you know obviously the mind went somewhere else with that guy. Yeah. He wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. Because he wasn't mindful. He was thinking about his wife. He was thinking about the weekend or the fact that his boss is an ass. Yeah, and he wasn't
2: being paid enough money and he wanted an advance and this and that (laughs) and the other. You know, it's like the the thousand of things that could flow through that mind. Let's, like, someone, you know, someone in a, uh, what do you call those things? The space shuttle? No, the chain lines, you know. Oh, production line. Production line. Yeah, yeah. You know, where one person's dealing with one part all the time. Yep. But they've got no idea why they're doing that part. It's just like, you put this into there and then turn that over. Yep. Eventually, if they've got no idea why they're doing this, it's going to cause frustration, distraction, everything like that. But if, you know, the employers are saying, all right, well, I've created this company that's creating these little tags for mobile phones to make me money and I can see the money in them and I need you to do this there's a greater depth of understanding for the employee, isn't there yeah because we have as humans we have a need to know where we
0: fit and what our contribution is yep I'm still figuring that one out (laughs) (laughs) you haven't found anywhere you fit (laughs) just ask my mum (laughs) you just don't fit in Jay
2: (laughs) maybe you should shave your head like me yeah oh (laughs) That's probably not a good thing to do. (laughs) All right, all right. Now the last one: right concentration. This practice develops single pointedness of mind. This refers to being neither too tight nor too loose, too tense nor too relaxed, not too overworked or too underworked. It's all about balance again. Mm. Which is which? For me,
0: relates back to being present. It's it's that point. It's, it's not too much of anything. It's just that, that point in that moment, which is perfect in itself.
2: Yes. But mm. this is all based around being present. From the first noble truth to the last of the eightfold path, it's all about a deep understanding of who you are and where you are. Mm. Not just on some spiritual platform. I think, that's just, I think this is the beauty about this thing. There's no religion. There's no. It's just looking at the deep honesty of who you are and where you are. You know, if you're um, a refugee that's fleeing because of religious persecution or this or that or the other, and you had a deep understanding of what was going on in that moment, you would probably have a lot less stress. There's probably people that would argue with me about that. I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> I'm not necessarily disagreeing
0: with you, Jay. No. I'm just not publicly saying anything about it. <laughs> I'm being vanilla. I swore I wouldn't be vanilla anymore. Yeah, well. Uh, it, it's It really is the fullest application of that principle, though, of being truly present. Yeah. That there... It's almost like there, there can be no suffering. If oh, I am listen. truly present, there you go, boom! <laughs> You've just answered most people's questions. Mm. So instead of chasing the yeah. opposite of suffering, the pursuit is actually living absolutely in the present moment. Yeah, which is which is I have read a bit of Eckhart Tolle stuff, but you know, broadly speaking, that's the his teachings. Oh, yeah, they're all saying the same thing. We're all one. <laughs> he loves doing that. <laughs> all right. So, uh, employers and employees can all have, you know, a big hug and um, a high five and start working together. As long
2: as they're completely honest with each other. Yeah. Transparent. Yeah. Mm, Total okay. transparency about why everything exists. Yeah. You know, if you're in a company that wants to make money, yet you promote it as I'm saving the planet. You're a knob. Because you're not declaring your actual... You're not declaring the actual understanding of what you're doing. Mm. If you said, I want to make money by helping the planet, that's a totally different thing. Mm. But if you're putting on, like all of us do, another face to the real truth, that outward face, you're always going to experience It's It's like the old
0: thing of telling a lie, isn't it? Because no. then you've got to tell a whole bunch of others to cover it
2: up, and you got Oh yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that? <yes. laughs> you know, from a big picture, yes, worry. Yeah. That's
0: very true. But by 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 lying about my true intentions, yeah, I've I've got to work really hard at creating this persona and this image and managing all of the interests, and instead of just saying, "I just want to," sh- I know a sh- some very
2: wealthy people in this life that are all just persona and image. Mm. I wonder how happy they are. Oh, they're probably very happy. Mm.
0: Bastards. <laughs> no, they're not. Rich bastards. and happy, but yeah, but just That's that not
2: possible is it? Finding that that deep understanding of why you're doing what you're doing.
1: Well, hopefully that was a good episode. I uh, will have heard it now when it goes live, but uh, I'm assuming that you'll. Oh, it I'll just tell you, it was awesome. Excellent, great.
0: I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there in body. Or something. Anyway, uh, yeah. Look, that whole the whole employer-employee thing um, it does my head in. Just how how angry they get at each other, mm. you know. And and I th- I think the solution is really quite simple. And uh, as Joe and I talked about in that uh, episode, there, you know, it's it's not that hard. But I think we complicate it as, as humans. Yeah. So, so don't
1: solve this problem like me, like closing my business because I just couldn't deal with the stuff <laughs> anymore. Uh, take Warwick's advice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and look, if you've got a story that you'd like to share with us, uh, hit us on our Facebook page, Tradies Business Show. Um, and look, if you want to get some more tips on running your business, not about employees, but uh, some more tips to market your business more and get some more customers in, who can come and talk to your awesome employees, go to tradiesbusinessshow.com and uh, you can grab our free little download there, 99 Marketing Tips. Just chuck in your name and email and we'll shoot it straight out to you And uh, and then you can start implementing those in your business.
1: And there's lots of other helpful articles and stuff on there as well.
0: Yeah, I've been blogging.
1: You have been fancy that. It only took me a year to get your blog.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can check out the blog, and uh, yeah, if you've got any stories you want to share, you can leave us a voicemail there as well at tradiesbusinessshow.com. dot com. Thanks for tuning in. Have a fabulous week, tradies. Go, Zen. Um. <laughs> you've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? find out how at tradiesbusinessshows.com